All right, it's episode number 423 of the Youpreneur podcast, and this one is a real goodie. Serving up the strategies you need to build, market, and monetize a profitable, future-proof business around your expertise. This is the Youpreneur Podcast. And here's your host, international business mentor and best-selling author, Chris Ducker. Hello there, welcome back, my friend. I've got such a great show lined up for you today. My very good friend and a personal mentor of mine, Ray Edwards, is back on the show. We're going to be talking all about his new book uh, and just kind of a little bit of money, quite frankly, which is not a topic that we talk about very often here on the show, uh, and, and, and kind of why we have a little bit of a struggle, perhaps, from time to time talking about money, which should not be the case from a business owner's perspective. It's kind of important to make money, right, when you're running a business. So I know you're going to enjoy this chat. Before we go there, however, I just want to remind everybody that the Youpreneur Incubator, which is our coaching and mastermind program, is in full swing so far in 2021. We've had some incredible business owners join us on the inside of the incubator. And if you are struggling to figure out what to do next in growing your business, if you're struggling kind of to figure out what that next scaling strategy should be uh, for you to be able to build out your ecosystem further to get that next product or service out there into the marketplace. If you're struggling, perhaps maybe building your email list and and kind of focusing on getting out your digital courses and webinars and all that fun marketing stuff, then we've got you all covered. Like literally every single month, there are coaching calls. There are experts that come in to teach us how to do certain things like everything from Facebook ads right the way down to copywriting and running webinars and building YouTube channels and all that great stuff. So if that's you, if it sounds like you would be interested in learning a little bit more and potentially becoming part of this coaching movement that we've got, head over to youpreneur.com forward slash incubator for all of the info. And I genuinely look forward to hopefully seeing you on the inside soon. So on to my conversation with the one and only Ray Edwards. You know, what I love about this man above and beyond everything else is his focus on delivering incredible value for his people and not just actually his people for any person that he comes into contact with. And you'll see um, through listening in on this conversation, I've got a lot of love for Ray. And there's a very good reason for that. We have gotten to know each other extremely well over the last eight, nine years or so. Um, And I I genuinely, genuinely have actual like emotional connection to Ray. Uh, There's something about this man. There's something about the way that he has helped me and supported me and guided me. Um, And he truly is an incredible shepherd in regards to working with people to be able to not only build great businesses and make lots of money, but also doing it with integrity and in the right way. His new book is called Permission to Prosper. And um, you'll see that there is a little bit of a faith-focused content here, uh, but it's certainly not something that if you're not a person of faith should mean that you should kind of disappear now and and tune out. You're going to learn a hell of a lot. um, And I just know that you're going to love this conversation. So here we go, myself and Ray Edwards. So Ray, welcome back to Youpreneur FM, my man. Thank you. It's my honor and my privilege. No, the honor. 
and the privilege is all mine. I will not have it any other way. Um, you are a gentleman that I dearly love with all my heart. We have spent many, many uh, hours with each other. Um, and although we don't talk on the phone every single week, uh, like some friends do, uh, I class you as one of my closest buddies in this business world of ours and certainly uh, a mentor from afar as well. I'm just so blessed to have you in my life. And I wanted to put that out there right out of the gate so everybody knows how much of a man crush I have on you. Is that okay? Well, the man crush goes both ways. <laughs> Listen, man, I, um, I wanted to get you on the show to talk about um, sort of the new book, uh, clearly, uh, Permission to Prosper, How to Be Rich Beyond Your Wildest Dreams. And it's not that kind of rich. It's not the rich that most people talk about in the business world. It's another kind of rich, and we'll get into that in a minute. But um, I want to ask, like, what if, what, what's been your focus, one entrepreneur to another? What's been your focus through this last crazy year of ours? What has Ray been up to more than anything else? Well, we quickly determined that the thing for us to do, I have a business as a, I'm a copywriting teacher and coach. Yes. Started as a copywriter and have written for a lot of well-known people. And uh, frankly, lots of not so well-known people, but successful people. But I've been blessed to write for Tony Robbins and Jack Canfield and Michael Stelzner and um, lots of folks I've been able to contribute to their marketing success. And um, I love that. I love doing it. I began teaching it because one person writing copy for other people as a service business, that's limited. You can't scale that. Sure. So I started training copywriters and we have an agency and we have certified copywriters now. So I do all that work and we, we kind of have a school of copywriting, not kind of, we do have that. And we decided what we need to do was double down on deeply serving the people we were already serving. So we, we doubled up on training calls and feedback calls and coaching calls with our students, with our clients of our copywriting agency. We work with some pretty big names in the marketing world. We, have, we take just very few clients and then we hire our certified copywriters to work with those clients and we supervise the project. And so we've just been working really hard and quietly on all that. And we've seen our revenues bounce back and things are going well for us. And that's, I mean, we've been very blessed by that, but it's, it's interesting, Chris, that really the answer for us was to be better servants to our customers. Love this so much because, and, uh, and you may not, in fact, I know you don't know this because we haven't really talked about it. You might've seen it though, because I know that you love to watch what other people are up to as well. Um, this is the almost the exact same thing that we decided to do going in. We were going to be the guides. We didn't want to be the heroes. We wanted to make our clients the heroes. We wanted to be the guides through all this stuff. Uh, and the analogy I kept using was, I want to be Obi-Wan, not Luke Skywalker. Yes. And, and we doubled down big last year. I mean, we did, you know, like yourself, twice the amount of calls, twice the amount of touch points. We sent packages out, you know, I mean, we did everything we could to be able to make sure that our people knew that we loved them, appreciated them, and we were, we were thinking about them. And we're continuing to do it now. You want to know why? Because they loved it. It worked yeah. so well from a business perspective as well, right? Yeah. I mean, isn't that, isn't that interesting? What you sow, you reap. Mm-hmm. And- I don't know if you're listening to this and you're maybe not a super spiritual person, that's okay. But let me show you something, Chris. We're, we're doing a podcast, but we're also on video. We're on video and, uh, because we're friends. I, I, um, I, every year 
I ask God, I kind of get into a meditative state and I ask God, give me a word that helps me focus for this year. And um, the words that I got last year, at the end of last year, were these three words, impartation, activation, and elevation. And I started just meditating on what does that mean? And I realized this is not about me. This is about our customers yes. and our students. Impartation is us imparting to them every bit of knowledge, wisdom, experience, all the mistakes we've made. We've made plenty of those. Um, and then activation is getting them into action so that our people that are trusting us with their business can actually start getting things done. So doing what we can to motivate, to gamify, to prod, to poke, to annoy them into doing something to become successful. And then elevation is about me putting the spotlight, whatever platform I have, whatever stage I have to put people on, to bring those other people and put them in the spotlight, not me. And that is all focused on other people. The interesting thing is I've been rewarded as a result, and so have they. Let's break those three things down a little bit then. Um, and then I want to get into a couple of, couple of things here inside of, uh, inside of the new book. But talk about the elevation side of things to kick things off. I, I'm always a big fan, you know, and I always have been a big fan. Um, and I think we've even talked about this before in the past as well, where like, if you want to be, if you want to be seen as being successful, you need to show that your clients are successful as well. Like make them the heroes of, of your journey, so to speak. And so we've always done that. We've always had them, you know, although yes, we fly people in and stuff like that for the Upana Summit. But, you know, we've every year we've had our coaching clients on that stage doing sessions as well. Um, you know, every month we have people on the show here that are our coaching clients, you know, shedding the light, you know, shining the light on them. What have you been doing? I'm curious, what, 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 is, what does Ray do to, uh, in this regards? We've been doing many of those same things on our virtual events and on our webinars and you know, on the podcast. I've been having students and clients on. And I, I'm, I'm really careful. What I've, what's changed for me is a, a little of the focus of the, or the angle that I'm taking. I'm telling them specifically before they step on a stage or come on a podcast or become part of a live stream, I'm saying to them, the purpose of you being here is not to glorify me. The purpose of you being here is I want to find out about your experience, about the challenges you came up against and what's helped you to succeed. And if I get a passing mention, that's great. But I don't want this to sound like it's a commercial for Ray and his yes. team. Yeah. I think that will come organically. What I really want to do is put the spotlight on you and highlight your success and, and elevate you so that people can see you as kind of a beacon. Maybe you're their guide. Maybe you're the guy they're looking for. So yeah. that's, that's really been our focus. And then um, our marketing has become more and more, and you'll see this as we're getting ready to do a round of promotion coming up really soon. Our marketing is going to be primarily stories about our students. Instead of, I mean, I, I, I'm a copywriter, so I love long copy. But I think the days of the dear friend 50-page sales letter are, have passed us by. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's kind of hard for me to say that because so long I defended that, that format. And it still works in some markets, in some areas. But more and more people are living the Instagram life, which means they're getting their data and their information and their sales messages in little short bursts. And it's more challenging to 
powerfully write, construct, and convey something in a short period of time, but I think it works better. And so I'm just happy to put people in the spotlight and talk about their stories and, and make more and more of our marketing talking about the success of our students and our colleagues. And I believe that that ultimately is really, this is kind of a weird idea I have. I call it distributed sales messaging. Hmm. It's distributed through all of our communications and it's, it's holographic. If you can grasp what I mean by that. Yeah. Like if you take the whole of all of our communication, it strategically points back to us. Yes. But it's not an overt kind of, we're so great. Look what we did for this person. Right, right, right. It's, it's more, this person is fantastic. They're excellent. We want to highlight them. And yes, we contributed a little bit to their success because I honestly believe Chris, any of your students or my students or clients that are succeeding would have succeeded with or without us. We perhaps played a catalytic role, perhaps helped accelerate them, mm -hmm. perhaps helped them avoid some roadblocks and obstacles, but ultimately these, the kind of person that's going to be successful is going to be successful. I couldn't agree more with you. The two words I use all the time are accelerate and elevate. That's it. They're the two words. I will help you accelerate your journey You'll do it quicker than I had to because I had to learn from the ground up, so to speak. Like, I will help you accelerate your springboard that journey and accelerate it. And as, as a direct result of that, your, your, your own personal brand and the business that it is attached to that personal brand will be elevated to a higher level in a shorter space of time. Um, and people get that. Like, it doesn't, take, it doesn't take much to be able to, you know, explain that to people. They understand that. And I've got to give credit where credit is due. I mean, you played a large part of my revelation as I watched what you were doing and we had conversations. I realized Chris is really smart and he's really succeeding and I should pay attention to why yeah, and you how. Forgot good looking. You forgot good looking. Right. Oh, I right. never forget that, my friend. <laughs> Listen, um, new book, slightly different to what you've done before. Um, quite faith-centered. Uh, as well. And for obviously a man of faith myself, that doesn't concern me in any way whatsoever. Um, but there are obviously many people out there that don't put so much of a focus on that side of their life. And that's absolutely fine. Um, but there's so much goodness in here. Uh, so many takeaways in here that I think that, you know, you, anybody, anybody and really everybody should pick up this book for the nuggets that are in there. Um, and you can, you can, lean deeper into the, the spiritual side of things if that's what you want to do, or you can ultimately kind of almost avoid it to a certain degree um, and, and just get what you need to get out of it, right? Like what made you go in this direction with this book? Because I think you probably could have shared everything you shared without the faith-centered approach to it, but you decided to do it anyway. Why? Well, because first of all, my faith is foundational to my life. And like you, I, I'm not here to tell anybody what to believe. That's between you and your conscience and God or the universe or whatever you believe in. And I just don't think it's my, my job to tell people what to believe. No. However, my faith is a very real, very important part of my life. And something that I saw, Chris, I mean, the book is entitled Permission to Prosper, How to Be Rich Beyond Your Wildest Dreams. And it's a provocative title. Yes. Uh, there's, a, there's a whole movement called the prosperity gospel and there's prosperity preachers. And a lot of people are offended by that. A lot of people in the church 
and I had to ask, actually, as I began asking people, why, why do you find the word prosperity offensive? Uh, and they told me, well, because of the prosperity preachers. And I, I had, I just was ignorant, I guess. I had to ask, what do you mean by that? And they're talking about like the televangelists who get old people to send in their retirement checks in the belief that they're going to get 10 times back miraculously. And many of those kinds of quote ministries have been busted legally as scams. And there are many other preachers and people of faith who are on television, who are on the internet, who are very legitimate in talking about their ideas, their beliefs. And I, I, I love and support those people, but this is not about if you love Jesus, he'll give you a Rolex and a Lambo. I mean, <laughs> yuck. That's, that's, not, that's not what this book is about. Right. This right. book is about what I saw inside the church. And if you're not a spiritual person, please don't tune out because hear me on this. Our feelings and opinions and ideas about money and wealth and possessions, whether we're spiritual or not, whether we're Christian or not, we could be Muslim, we could be atheist, agnostic, all of us who are listening or, or watching this material online are influenced by the Judeo-Christian ethic. It's woven in to the fabric of our lives, whether we're believers or followers or not. And so I think it's interesting for those who are not spiritual, maybe to see some of the roots of some of the beliefs they hear espoused by people who say things like money is the root of all evil. Well, that's supposed to be in the Bible, but if you look it up, it's not there. What it actually says is the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. Now that's a different sentence. Mm-hmm. And I'm a big believer in words having specific meanings and we should pay attention to what they mean. And so that what that sentence means, in my humble opinion, is if you worship money as an idol and the only reason you're in business is just to pile up a lot of money, you've placed your belief, your faith, your, your source of joy and happiness in something that's not dependable. In fact, it will bite you in the bum if you don't pay attention to yourself. So I think the saying is, check yourself before you wreck yourself. And don't worship money. So I, th- this book says, How to Be Rich Beyond Your Wildest Dreams. And there's a couple of meanings behind that. People ask me, why did you use such a provocative title? And my answer is, because of the reason that made you ask that question. Mm. This should not mm. be provocative. We are rich. Most of us in the U.S., the U.K., and Australia, most of us in the developed world are among the richest people on earth. Like in the U.S., the median income is $55,000 per household. That puts almost every household in the U.S. in the top 0.5% of income earners in the world. So when you read in the Bible, James writes, woe to you rich people. You need to follow the following instructions. He's talking to you (laughs) and me. Right. So it's not how to get rich beyond your wildest dreams. It's how to be rich, how to be a good steward of what we've been blessed with. This is the word for me that stood out more than anything else. We've talked about stewardship and, and being, you know, that type of leader, um, and, and the way that we are, you know, the way that we put our talents out there into the world to be able to further other people's dreams and, aspirations and, and, and to inspire them. What does that word mean to you now compared to maybe, I don't know, 20 years ago? Curious. 
I feel like I've grown up a lot with it, to be honest. So I'm, I'm just curious like, to see what you got to say. I feel like I have too. Mm. Um, I, I used to believe uh, 20 years ago, I believe that being a good steward meant I followed the rules. I paid my 10% tithe. I paid my taxes. I gave some amount to charity and it was what I had to do. And now I, my belief is it's about so much more than what I do with the money in my bank account. It's what do I do with what I've been given? And that means wherever I am, whatever situation I'm in, whatever my circumstances, I have a choice to make about what to do in response to those external circumstances. That comes from what I think about, my emotions, my beliefs and my commitment to those beliefs, and my discipline to follow through in an action way to get things done that serve the highest and best good for me, for other people, and for the world at large. And that's a bigger mission, I think. Being a good steward of what we've been given is about more than our bank account. It's about our life. Being appreciative of the gift of being on this wild, crazy, miraculous, fun, messy, scary, hilarious planet that we live on. I mean, this, what better gift could we ask for? So I'm just trying to make, take really good care of what I've been given. And that includes the attention and respect of other people. If they look to me as a teacher or as somebody they want to follow in some area for a while, I want to be respectful. That's such a gift they've given to me. I've got to be careful with how I handle that. That's stewardship. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. And I mean, let's not Let's not beat around the bush. I mean, tens of thousands of people look towards you for a number of different reasons when it comes to furthering their dreams and their aspirations. I want to bring up something that I know you have no problems talking about, but it's not maybe something that pops up in every single podcast um, that you sit and do. But you say you, th this includes everything that you've been given. How does your parkinson's come into this because obviously that you didn't you weren't aware of that 20 years ago like you say everything you've been given how does parkinson's and, and the fact that you have it come into play with that this is one of the areas where i've really grown because when i first got the diagnosis of parkinson's disease for those who don't know it's a degenerative neurological condition it has no cure it only gets worse and the outcomes are horrible um that's that's the brief summary. I don't accept all of that. I'm, I'm doing everything I possibly can to counteract those ideas, including diet, exercise, medication, mm -hmm. meditation, et cetera. But I do have it. It does affect me. Every day I deal with it. Some days are worse than others. And at first I thought when people would say, well, what's the gift in this? I wanted to punch them in the throat and say, there's no gift. Let me give you the Bruce Lee answer. <laughs> But right. hey, at least you're being honest, right? <laughs> I began to learn I had to make a choice because this was not going to go away. No. And I could either be miserable or I could learn to look for the miracle. Hmm. And so at first I thought the miracle would be, well, I'll be cured. And I believe I will be. It may be in the next life. And that's okay with me. That's not up to me. That's up to God. Right. He wants to heal me today. I endorse that decision. If he wants to wait until the next life, I endorse that decision because he's smarter than me. That's my mm -hmm. belief. Mm -hmm. So in the meantime, I have to decide what does this mean and what can I do with it? How can I use it? What's great about it? 
And at first, the answer to that question is nothing. There's nothing great about it. It sucks. Many parts of it do. But what it, I'll tell you some things that are great about it. What makes it a gift? It's given me so much empathy for other people. So much understanding for people who deal with conditions that other people don't understand or know about or even have a concept that they're dealing with. I look around me and I see people now, everybody's carrying something we don't see. They're, we're all the walking wounded. And I don't mean that as in we're victims. I mean that as when we're overcomers. We've all been fighting some kind of battle at some point in our lives. Mm. And we've got the smoke of the battlefield on us. And we've got experience that can benefit other people. So I look at, at the things I've experienced through this have happened not to me, but for me, to serve me so that I can serve other people better. And it's given me humility. Um, and I'm very humble about how humble I am. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> uh, I, I am so, I know I have a long way to go in humility, but I look back at how arrogant I was even five years ago and it kind of makes me sick. I wonder how did people put up with me? Mm. Because I was so cocksure about everything. And all you had to do is ask me, I would tell you what the truth was. Right. Um, I used to say a lot, I would say in my humble, but accurate opinion. <laughs> I, I don't say that anymore because I feel right. like, no, it's just my humble opinion. Cause so many times it's been inaccurate. I can't make that claim anymore. So it's, it's been a real, and it makes me treasure every blessing, every moment of joy, every moment of happiness every moment of freedom to do as I wish. To, I, I, you know, I, I have Parkinson's, but I can still walk, talk, write, draw, sing, play. What a blessing. How lucky am I? And, and I think that all comes across, um, certainly because we have known each other for many years. I, I, I think that actually, I think we met each other. For, well, I mean, we know, you know, we met each other for the first time at Jeff Walker's event. Um, in Phoenix, in person, we'd known each other for a couple of years prior to that, obviously. But I think it was just it was around that time, or just before that, or something. Am I right that you had got the, the diagnosis? Yes. And so I didn't I didn't know you that well prior to it, but I kind of remember a few things. And, and yeah, you're right; that cockiness did come through a little bit. But I think that now. I mean, it's it's clear that it's clear that all of those things that you've just said are 100 percent right. I can see it in the way you talk on social media. I can hear it in your voice when I listen to your podcast. Uh, uh, it's 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 clear. Um, and I mean, heck, you're, you know, it's challenging, man. You know, it's challenging. And you, if there was anyone that was going to rise up to the challenge, it's somebody like you. That's for damn sure. And I think your clients, your students are probably getting more of the real ray as a direct result. Would you agree with that? Yes. And I would like to say it's because I made a, a moral decision, but it's really, it's really because I, I just, I'm able to show up the way I am. And right. so however I happen to be that day, I may be jitter bugging around like I'm listening to music from the roaring 20s. Uh, because my body just decided it's time to dance. So right. I still have to show up and do my job. Um, and I just, I've just learned to deal with it and say, well, here I am. It's how I am today. You guys you get your notebooks out or get over it. Start <laughs> dancing. I love it. What's your, um, what's your favorite part of, um, of the new book? I mean, part one, serving God, part two, loving people, part three, stewarding that wealth side of it. 
if you had to kind of like dissect it a little bit um, and and pick maybe like one section there and one or two kind of key chapters that you thoroughly enjoyed writing and equally thoroughly enjoy talking about, which would they be? Well, first is the section about business in and of itself being good, mm. that it serves humankind. And the reason this is so important to me is business people and entrepreneurs and successful people have been vilified in media, in films, in books, in television shows. I mean, think about any movie. Just imagine you're watching a movie or a TV show or you're watching a play or reading a novel and one of the characters is the head of a giant multinational corporation. Quick, is that person the villain or the hero of the book? Right. We all know it's the villain because that's the way success and business and capitalism are portrayed in the mainstream media, whether that be news or drama or what have you. And I think that's totally wrong. I mean, there there are certainly people who rise to positions of power who have abused that power in the corporate world. It happens because we're human beings and we mess up sometimes and, and get tempted to do bad things. But overall, it's because of entrepreneurs and business people we have so many of the good things we enjoy right now. The ability to be on Zoom and do this interview, to be online, the ability to build a brand for yourself digitally that can be global and you can do it in a week. You can be, you can be a global company doing business in a week online for very little money, for a hundred bucks maybe. That ability came to us because entrepreneurs and business people took risks and put things together that allowed us to they made a path for us to follow to get there. Yes. And yes. that's yes. the reason we have food and electricity and delivery systems and travel. And regardless of what our opinions may be about what's happened with the pandemic, so many companies rose up to provide vaccines and masks and other supplies and things that have helped so many. And I know we still have problems in the world. And some of them are because of rich, greedy people. But you know what? A lot of them are because of rich, poor people. I mean, greedy, poor people as well. Mm, so mm, I think being prosperous has, it's not determined solely by your bank account or your net worth or your position in a corporate structure. And so I, I just love the idea of understanding that business in and of itself is good because it creates value for which others are willing to exchange money, their representation of value. And that allows them to go buy things. And that allows the people that they buy things from to buy things. And it allows people to educate their children, to provide for healthcare, education, housing, food, travel. The more prosperous you become, you, I just believe this, you cannot prosper, you cannot prosper long-term in a sustainable way if you're not helping other people prosper in some way also. It's Absolutely. the only way it works. Absolutely. Late, great Zig Ziglar, man. You know, he used to talk about that all the time. You can have anything in life that you want, as long as you help as many other people get what they want. And it's 100% true. Zig, a great, really a great business philosopher. He's, told, he's called a motivational speaker by most people, but I think he's really a business philosopher. I'd have him, I'd, I'd peg him down as a philosopher as well. I mean, if you listen to any of his audio uh, recordings and, and, you know, the, the, the very few amount of videos that are up there on YouTube, um, you know, it, it, the, the guy, he was a lot more than just a motivational speaker. He was a 
consummate storyteller as well. And I yes. love the fact that he always Same gave way. attribution when it was required. And he always brought his friend. I got a great friend of mine. And he would bring his buddies in and like talk about his friends and situations that like, I, you know, I still consume some amount of Zig probably weekly, right? I'm serious. Me too. Me too. Yeah. Pretty crazy. He had, he had great respect for his wife. He always talked about the redhead. Yes. The redhead. Just a, just a great man. Yeah, good guy. Um, so, okay, this is good. So I love, I love the fact that you bring up that whole kind of entrepreneurial prosperity kind of focal point. What, what are you most prosperous about right now? Like, I mean, we've had a pretty hard year as, as the human race. Like, what are, you, what are you most excited about, like in the next, say, six to 12 months or so? Um, what a, there's so much. Excited about this book. Um, because I think it's going to help a lot of people be okay with making money. That's, that's the bottom line of the book is to make you okay with making a lot of money. Cause by doing so you're going to help the world. Yes, that's yes. the book in a nutshell. And then we have some toward the end of the book. We, we outline different ways of getting into business because business is good and you should do that. I want to encourage lots of people to get start businesses or restart businesses or reopen businesses. Yeah. And so I, I'm excited because now's the time. It's interesting. I've waited. I've, I originally felt like I received the inspiration for this message over five years ago. And I couldn't figure out why it took me so long. And now I, I believe it's because of the timing. I think this was the serendipitous, divinely arranged, if you wish, time for this book to be released. Because there's lots of people who are looking for a reason to go on. And I feel like I'm, I'm here to raise a call to arms and say, let's get into business Let's make lots of money. And by the way, by doing that, we're going to help rebuild the world in a better, stronger, hopefully kinder, more jovial way than it was before. Yeah. I mean, look, you look back historically, Great Depression, you know, 2008, uh, financial collapse, et cetera, et cetera. Entrepreneurs have led us out of those situations. I mean, sure. Yeah. Governments and politicians and everything have played their part. But I mean, like we, you know, we, we make, I, I'm a big believer that we make our own luck at, at the end of the day. And I think that if you have great ideas and you believe that you can create solutions to people's problems, that you can serve it up to them in a way that can also become very, very financially beneficial for you. And there's nothing wrong with that. You and I clearly uh, are from cut from the same part, same bit of cloth in that regards. Absolutely. I believe that 100%. I was having a conversation with some friends recently and one of them was kind of grumpy and grousing about the government and things that were going on that he wasn't happy with. And he said, you know, why they're giving all this money away. Who's going to pay for that? And I said, well, we are. And he said, how can you be okay with that? Why is it us that has to do that? And I said, because we're the only ones who can. (laughs) That's our job. Right. So, Put a smile on your face and let's get to work. And that's how I feel. You know, it, it's a mindset thing, right? And that kind of abundance mindset comes up quite a bit. And I've told this story a couple of times on the show before. I was with Lewis Howes many, many years ago when he had just first um, got settled in Los Angeles. And we were sitting on the balcony of his condo in West Hollywood. And... I remember asking him the question like, dude, out of all of the places that you could live in the United States, you not only pick 
California, but I can literally see the Beverly Hills sign from here. Like this is like 90210.3 or whatever it is, right? Like you must be paying more tax here than pretty much anywhere else in the United States. Like why here? And he said, because I want to be here. I want to be exactly where I am. I said, but the tax, the money you're going to have to pay. You know what he said to me? He said, that's okay. I'll just make some more money. Yes, exactly. (laughs) That's what we're talking about here, right? And I have told that story on a number of occasions now, uh, and actually with him in attendance. And he's like, oh, yeah, I remember that, you know? Yeah. Um, Listen, man, we could go on and on and on for so long with each other. I always enjoy our conversations. Um, But let's wrap it up here. I have one more final question for you. Uh, and that is, how excited are you to travel to London to hopefully speak at the Uprena Summit this year? So excited. Lynn and I, my wife Lynn and I, have been talking about little else for the last couple of months because, I mean, she's got, she's really into the royal family and the United Kingdom and all things Great Britain. And so she's excited because of that. Her family came from the Netherlands, like her mom and her mom's mom came from the Netherlands on a boat to the U.S. Mm-hmm. And so we're excited to go. We're, we're planning on spending like a month over there when we get there. So we're so fired up about that. And your conference, I've, I've never been able to attend in person, but I've seen the video and the photos and it is off the charts, amazingly cool. And I can't wait to be there and be part of it in person and, and hug people and shake their hands and <laughs> breathe the same air. Yes, indeed. Well, with a little bit of luck, we'll make it happen. Um, It's still maybe a little too early on in the year, but bottom line is, guys, if it does happen, Ray's going to be with us in London. Even if it doesn't, he's still going to be with us. We'll be pulling it online this year for sure if we have to. But um, hey, I think I'll be the first to say, if we can't make it in, in, in person this year, we'll just do it next year, right? Oh, totally. We're in. There you go. All right. Um. For you guys tuning in, want to find out a little bit more about Ray, uh, what he's all about, his books. He's also got an incredible book uh, on copywriting. There's a lot of great stuff over uh, on his website, uh, simply rayedwards.com. Permission to Prosper, How to Be Rich Beyond Your Wildest Dreams is now available. And uh, I'd love for you to pick up a copy. We're going to have links to all that over at youpreneur.com forward slash 423. That's 423. Brother Ray, thank you so much for being in my life and being with us today, man. Thank you. It is my pleasure. All righty. And for you guys tuning in, hope you enjoyed this week's episode of the show. We'll be back again very, very soon indeed. Until then, be kind to each other. and God bless to you. Bye for now. Thank you very much for tuning into this week's episode. I really appreciate it sincerely. You know, if you are interested in potentially working with me to be able to build your business in a smart, savvy manner that really does truly set you up for future-proofing yourself and obviously building a profitable business, I'd love to hear from you. So send me a direct message on Instagram at Chris Ducker with the word podcast and I'll know exactly where you've come from. And that for me is more important than anything else. Because if I don't know where you're coming from, I don't know how I'm going to be able to help you get to where you want to be. 
Thanks very much again for tuning in. I appreciate you. We'll see you again soon.